You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 263. Last night, uh, well, we're, we're recording this on a Sunday morning. Last night, Brandon Lee Galton of Bleeding Green Nation and I, Jimmy Kamsky of phillyvoice.com, made our way to Lincoln Financial Field, where the Eagles had their lone open practice of, 2020, of the 2022 training camp. Um, what's going on, buddy? You said Monday morning, Jimmy. It is. I did say Monday or, sorry, morning? you said Sunday morning. I think it is Monday morning. It's Monday morning. Sorry, Monday, not Sunday morning. Monday morning. Yes. The days do bleed together. They I have do. something <laughs> to address with you right off the bat. Okay. This heinous attempt to discredit me, to, to slander me in front of everyone. <laughs> tried, to, tried to get you canceled last night. Your your supreme jealousy that took hold of you and tried to invalidate all of my work by tweeting out a picture of. A double pretzel. What would you, what would you call that? Like, just is there like a term for two pretzels like that? Pretzel together? buddies. Pretzel buddies. <laughs> a pretzel buddies with mustard in the middle and uh, a lot of ire, and understandably so. It is a weird sight to see. I get that, but you didn't provide the context. What's which the is context? You just went a failure. You took the mustard and you were just like in like one spot on the pretzel buddy. I issued a statement on Twitter that everyone can read. I would just like to say because this is very important and very serious here on BGN Radio, an issue we have to address. Uh, I just wanted to give mustard another chance. I have said many times in the past that I'm not a mustard fan, and I wanted to give it another chance, and it came back to bite me in the butt, because now everyone is trying to cancel me online because I put mustard on the pretzel weird, apparently. So first of all, I don't eat mustard a lot, so that's why it wasn't normal. Second of all, I didn't want to doubt, I wouldn't want to like, put a ring of mustard on the entire top because I wanted to give it a chance. I didn't want to overcommit to mustard on the entire pretzel yet. And I wanted to try two different kinds to see if there's maybe one I liked more than the other. And so that's why I put it in the middle and a sturdier area of the pretzel, as opposed to a part where I might drip. I was carrying a lot of things as I came in from the outside to my seat. There's a lot of factors going on here, Jimmy, that were not considered. And, uh, and I don't appreciate it. So here's my thing. If you don't like mustard that much, or you're just, giving it another chance you don't put it on the best part of the pretzel like the middle of the mm. pretzel is what my mom calls the pretzel fillet it's like the wow. uh, the mo- it's the softest uh, often most tastiest part of the pretzel and then but that and that was your testing ground for the mustard well but then that, couldn't you go the other way on that and be like that's the best place to try it if that's the best part of the pretzel and i was also thinking okay that's the like doughiest thickest part to your point of the pretzel that might needed something a little lubricant something to make it so it's not like so dry and and so much bread all at once and now the other thing i want to point out here there are no plates if i had a plate i would have put the mustard on the plate well they had and been able to lids. dip it 
a little bit now. Okay. See, I don't drink coffee though. So I didn't have that in my mind to go to get a coffee lid. Unlike you who very much says you drink coffee, especially at the press box and you get very mad when teams turn off the coffee or take away the coffee after games. So that's in your mind. That's not in my mind. I will admit it's a good savvy move by you, but like I'm not even in that headspace because I don't really drink coffee. So I think everyone should apologize to me. That's my sense. <laughs> a lot of people thought you were a serial killer based on the way that you well, put your, your mustard on your pretzel. I do go That's by three harsh. names, which is a uh, oh, famously yeah. John Wayne Gacy. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, the guy who killed Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. James Wilkes, John Wilkes Booth, John Wilkes Booth, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, no, they, they weren't serial company. killers. They were assassinators, so you know there's a difference. All right. Anyway, what a what a hot start to this episode of BGN Radio. If you have not tuned out already, somehow Jimmy and I are going to get into some of the observations from Sunday night's Eagles training camp practice at the link. But before we do, I need to mention really quickly, and I put this in my statement. So, uh, if anyone is going to you know, use that statement and put it in an article anywhere. You know, if the Inquirer, let's say, writes an article about mm-hmm. my, you know, mustard thing, I yeah. feel like they have to include the bottom part or it's not the full statement. And the last line was, go use discount code BGN20 uh, at com for 20% off. I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners here, Jimmy, who actually used that discount code and then took a picture with the Righteous Felon craft worker they got. That is Zach at Mr. Zach T on Twitter. He got the Bourbon Franklin, the Baby Blues Barbecue, the Truffalo okay. Bill, and the Habanero Escobar. So he used discount code BGN20 to get 20% off his order. Order strong work by Zach. It's the best time to order. All right. With all that out of the way, Jimmy, why don't we talk about the Philadelphia Football Eagles? Sure. Um, so I think the standout player uh, from last night and other days during training camp was A.J. Brown. And I think what A.J. Brown is going to bring to this team is that he offers Jalen Hurts uh, a receiver who can bail him out and can make plays when Jalen Hurts isn't perfect. And that's kind of what Jalen Hurts needs because he's not the most accurate passer. And I don't even mean accurate in terms of like completion percentage or getting the ball in the area of of a receiver. I mean, it's like in terms of ball placement where he's trying to get it to A.J. Brown um, or receivers in general, he often doesn't give his receivers the best opportunity for yards after the catch. And a guy like AJ Brown is going to make a lot of plays on imperfect passes. So Jalen Hurts has gotten a lot of credit for that, um, that deep pass down the right sideline, uh, the 30 yarder for a touchdown to, I actually didn't think that was a, it wasn't a bad ball. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was a a great ball from Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. It was fine. It was, it was, he gave his receiver a chance to make a play. It was a little inside. It was a little low. And if James Bradbury, who was in phase on that play, turns around, it's a pick. Um, But one thing that A.J. Brown does a great job of that I've noticed in a few other practices so far is that he doesn't tip off when the ball is coming. So he he doesn't put Mm -hmm. his hands up. And um, uh, when the corner sees the hands go up, he like they know the ball is coming down and they can break up the pass. He does an outstanding job of disguising that when the ball is in the air and putting his hands up at the last second and making the play. And that's kind of what he did a little bit um, on that long throw to Jalen Hurts. He kind of made a, a really nice catch on the, on that pass, uh, beating Bradbury and Marcus Epps. And he's been doing that all camp. So 
Um, he's a guy that can just win contested catches because he's physical, but he's also smart in the way that he uh, runs routes and the way that he disguises when the ball is, is, is approaching. You'll hear coaches, wide receiver coaches specifically, yell late hands at players at times mm-hmm. during practices, at least throughout. I've heard him say that over the years, and A.J. Brown certainly has those, uh, to your point about him not really tipping where the ball is coming in and being able to make the catch. Yeah, I didn't think that was necessarily a great throw, but I want to. I think Hurts deserves credit for it. Sure. Like it, you said, it, it, did, yeah. it did give the receiver a chance to make a play, which is what you want. Um, that was uh, that spoiler alert. That's my play of the day for today. Um, I, I would agree, probably better catch than better throw, but mm-hmm. still good on both of them. And, you know, to beat Bradbury, who's had a really good camp and has probably done the best. No, not probably has done the best job on AJ Brown out of everyone. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, you know, it was a really good play. Uh, you'd like to see that also in the context of that situation, it was, I believe it was a third and 10. So, you know, it was like a big time play too, in terms of like uh, the, the structure, the scripting and practice, it was a third down play. Got to have it uh, get a touchdown on that. So, mm-hmm. That was nice to see um, AJ Brown. He's going to get a billion targets this year. Yeah, uh, I am. I'm, I'm thinking we might have to uh, take the L already on our prediction that Devontae yeah. Smith will outproduce AJ this year um, because that is who Jalen Hurts is throwing to a ton. Agreed. And now Devontae's not at practice. He's missing practices here with a groin injury. And it's really going to be interesting for him this year in terms of what his usage looks like. Do you think... You think he's going to be third in targets behind AJ and Goddard? I don't. I think he'll have more targets than mm-hmm. Goddard. But okay. it's very clear that Jalen Hurts, when in doubt, throw it to AJ Brown. <laughs> and I don't and, blame him. You know, I, you know. And I think there's something there, with, like we've talked about, where AJ Brown, to your point, being this kind of quarterback proof wide receiver, can make mm-hmm. a quarterback look better by. Whereas I think Devontae Smith isn't necessarily that as much as he, again, more of a timing-based precision you know, route runner that the ball should be out. Yeah. Ideally, to optimize him, the ball needs to be out quick and in timing to him as opposed to uh, like him making plays on the ball. And I mean, he can do that too, but I don't think that's his bread and butter as much as the precision is. So um, I think that's kind of a stylistic difference between them and maybe not necessarily the best fit, again, with the quarterback. Uh, Smith, that is, where, you know, Brown better. Um, other standouts from practice include, I thought, Jordan Davis, who uh, a lot of buzz for his one-on-one rep against Cam Jurgens, where he, he just plowed him back. There's a good quote from Fletcher Cox in pre-practice media availability on Sunday where he said, uh, let me pull up the exact phrasing here, it's hard to stop a big train when it's moving. I like that for Jordan Davis, the big train, because uh, he is pretty big. I will say there was a one-on-one rep that a little concerning with Jordan Davis. I thought uh, not like he's a bust, but like a little concerning that he didn't beat Bill Dunkel. Uh, really, he uh, it was an issue that got kind of brought up with him prior to the draft, which was his pad level can get a little too high sometimes. And I think that was what happened in that case. And he was just basically stood up and he couldn't get any push uh, because he didn't get good leverage on that play. Um, But obviously the power is there and, uh, and he was pretty good. Um, The Eagles are pretty deep at defensive tackle, Jimmy. Yeah. Because (laughs) you have obviously Fletcher Cox here. Uh, You have Javon Hargrave was out with a groin issue, but he's still here. Jordan Davis on the bench. Milton Williams, and then a guy who 
Mm-hmm. Would you say it's crazy if I called him the most improved player on the team? Marlon yeah, maybe. Tui I think that's fair. Sure. He had a really good practice as well with, uh, I think he, who did he beat in one-on-ones? I can't remember. Jergens. I think I don't remember. It was Jurgens okay, on, a, on and then, like a push-pull swim move. And then he beat uh, so Isaac Sumalo, who's had mm-hmm. a good summer, I would say, uh, in team drills for a pressure. And then another play where, well, that play, the first one, the Sumalo, he either sacked Hertz or kind of flushed him out to the left. You know, it's always it's kind of hard to tell uh, with Hertz. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me of the, there's on the first sequence of 11 on 11, Hertz had that like touchdown run, which. Yeah, he was sad. I wasn't even sure. <laughs> like, but it's hard to tell though sometimes because they, they get close and they obviously can't go all out. Yeah. But to Hertz's credit, like, He's not just go- most quarterbacks are going down, you know, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. a pass rusher gets near them. He's not necessarily because he's pretty strong and fast. So he might be able to get away from that. But anyway, uh, so Mr. T, as I can call him, uh, flushed Hertz out at one point. And then I believe he actually just did sack Minshew uh, with the second team at one point. So uh, a lot of defensive tackle depth. And then guys like Rennell Wren and Kobe Smith. And who, Big Marv, mm-hmm. Marv Big like, had a good it camp feels like the Eagles might yeah. be able to trade one of those guys. Like, there's a lot of depth there. Yeah, Tui is a guy. Uh, a few days ago, um, well, first of all, I should note that Bo Wolf and I have a bet on Coyote Awashika whether he makes the roster or mm. not. So if he makes the roster, I owe Bo seven sandwiches <laughs> from some dead odds from Pasta Fischios in Philly. He's not going to make the team though, so it's like a. Yeah, I'm going to win that. First bet. team left tackle right and now, Jimmy. <laughs> That's true. He is first team left tackle. I should, yeah, we should note quickly injuries. Uh, the two big ones um, are Jordan Mailata and Andre Diller. They're both out with concussions. Um, I wouldn't say they're the two biggest, but Mailata and Diller both playing left tackle. And then they also lost uh, LaRaven Clark to something. I don't know. I don't groin. know what his injury is. Groin. Okay. Or um, hamstring. Sorry. Hamstring. Hamstring. And then. Uh, they had to sign back one of the undrafted free agents that they had cut uh, earlier in camp, Jared Williams. So they're very, they're very uh, lean at left tackle right now. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, Tui. So um, when I'd mentioned that bet in a, I had also, so before camp started, I had Tui on my final 53 projection. And that seemed to get the most heat of any, mm. of any decision that I, of any like, you know, decision I made in, in that post. I will bet anyone Tui's going to be on the roster this year. He's a lock <laughs> like right if, now. If you, what's that? He's a lock right now. Yeah, he's a lock. He's making the team. So, so I threw that gauntlet down a few days ago. You want to, you want to question me on Tui? I'll take that bet all day, every day. He's going to be on the team. He's going to be the fifth defensive tackle on this team. Yeah, I mean, I think he's flashed more than Milton Williams in this camp. For Not sure. To say Milton is bad, but like he's had a better summer. Mm-hmm. Um. Which was interesting last year because I remember I think it was you who said that there was like a question maybe Mr. T might be ready to make more of a difference right away, whereas Milton might yes. be more of a long term kind of guy. And I, we should note here that Tui Peloto did enter last off season. He was dealing with an injury last off season, which I think they kind of caused him to fall a little bit further in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then he actually missed OTAs when the Eagles were doing those. Uh, he, he couldn't participate in those. So maybe being healthy, you know, too, has made a difference for him in addition to just, you know, having a year in an NFL offseason. But, uh, yeah, stock up for him for sure. He's, he was downright uh, bad a, in the uh, preseason yeah. games specifically <laughs> yes. last year. So his, his improvement from year over years, it's, I, think you're, I think your assessment is right that he is the most improved player in camp. 
What else stood out to you on Sunday night? So uh, interesting. I don't know what it means, but um, Reed Sinet got second team reps. Not all night. It's not even Gardner Minshew also got second team reps, but we haven't seen Reed Sinet get second team reps at all uh, at any point during this camp. And I don't recall any. I don't. I don't. Who even was there three last year during camp? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Did he get second team reps at all last year? I can't really remember. Maybe oh, once. I guess he did. Well, Flacco was the two. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know if he did or not, but this was certainly new this year. So Reed Sinet had not gotten second team reps at all this camp. And um, he's, we've noted he's had it. He's, he's not like, a, a, like he's not a scrub. Like he can play a little bit. And uh, Gardner Minshew has not had a good camp in my opinion. No. So, I don't know if that's a message to Minshew or if it's just sort of a um, uh, a reward for Sinet mm. for playing well. This morning I got up and I actually cut up. So I told you that I had like seen Reed Sinet highlights from his preseason game uh, last year against the Bengals. So I actually cut up all his throws and runs in that game this morning. And wow. in addition to the highlights, there was a couple really nice throws in that game that mm-hmm. players dropped. So like I noted, he had like 360 something yards in that game. It would have been well over 400 if his receivers wow. cooperated with him completely. He, like he, he looked really good in that game. And I'm, uh, I'll have a read Sinet article up uh, a little later here on Monday. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting that he got reps with the second team over Minshew. And then he also took yeah. the third team reps thereafter. So I don't know what's, what's to be made of that, but you're going to see a lot of that. Carson Strong, by the way, last night, did not get a single rep, I think. No, did, he did. It was, he did? But I think in seven on seven only. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but no team drill reps. So right. I think we're going to see a ton of Reed Sinet in these preseason games. We'll get a we'll get some Carson Strong too. But you're going you're gonna to see a ton of that guy. Uh, in the preseason games, and and I'm pretty confident that he's going to play well in those games. Yeah, I mean, I previously said that there's no way he passes Minshew as quarterback two. But I mean, like, if Minshew continues to look this bad, and Sinet's, like, re- lighting up the preseason, I don't know. I feel like you might have to consider that. Mm-hmm. I think there it could be a case of more than one thing is true in terms of they do want to get Sinet some more opportunity because he has been playing well we saw that with Britton Covey I feel like who kind of did some nice things and then they put him on the first team I think there's something to Sirianni mm-hmm. rewarding his players and giving them opportunities if they perform well yep uh on the other hand I do think it also could be a wake-up call <laughs> to Garner Minshew because he is it's been pretty disappointing for him yeah uh this should have been an offseason like okay first you know full one with the team after he, had, he got some experience with the Eagles limited last year uh expected more from him for sure so that is interesting um again Sinet could end up being a quality backup after this season the very latest because Minshew's going to be a free agent after this year so yeah interesting yeah and we'll see if I mean I remember back in you know early in the offseason before the team got significantly better there was talk of Minshew maybe getting traded. In fact, the Eagles yeah. basically got Ian Rappaport to write an article <laughs> saying like that they're getting a lot of interest in Gardner Minshew around the league. Um, so I think at one time this offseason, they were you know open to trading him. But then once the roster got a lot better and it was like, okay, well, maybe they're contenders, 
the idea of trading the backup quarterback became um, stupid. So like it, it was unlikely that they were going to you know deal him at any point. But with Sinet emerging, eh, it's interesting. And he has he's had a like he's he's had a different path to the NFL. So he came out of San Diego. He didn't play his first three years there. He only played in his final year there. He played well and he, you know, became, he got a, he got an invite to, to, to a camp where he was undrafted rookie free agent signing. And he made the team. Uh, he made the, that Dolphins roster uh, at a training camp because of his strong performance in, in the preseason. I guess it's somewhere, somewhere along the line that they had to cut him to, for whatever reason, the Eagles scooped him up and, and they may, they may have a find here. We'll see. He has more prototypical size than any Eagles quarterback at mm-hmm. 6'4", 225, too. So he has the frame. Um, not that that means everything, but he has the look. And he's been pretty decent so far. Uh, all right. Elsewhere, I kind of want to touch on this because you wrote an article recently about the Eagles uh, potentially needing to add a running back. Or should slash probably will, I forget your phrasing, mm-hmm. look to add a running back. I mean, do they need to, though? Because Jason Huntley continues to look really good, Jimmy. Um, I don't know if Huntley's going to make the team. Could be a roster crunch where he's just caught up in the numbers game. But he did flash the link. I feel like people are seeing that. I'm not just hyping him up irrationally. I mean, mm-hmm. he, had, he had one good catch and then juked a guy, looked uh, fast after that, and then had a Patrick broke Johnson, a big run I think at one he point. juked in the, in the flat. Yes, yes. And then broke, a, broke off a big run at one point. With Boston Scott missing time, like he stepped up and he's making the most of his reps. I, I feel like there is something there with him. I guess, you know, cause we've talked about him before, so I'm not necessarily need your take on him as much as like, the running back position as a whole since you wrote the article about it. Well, the one run that you're referring to, he had a, he had a wide lean uh, on the left side mm-hmm. of the line and he burst through. And But what was, what, what was really impressive about that run was he had another gear when he got to the yeah. second level and just – dusted uh poor josiah scott who had an angle on him mm. and he huntley just wrecked that angle ran right by him for a score uh he's really got the juice uh, he's got to make the team in my opinion he has to yeah he's the fastest i mean he's the fastest me I, i'd like to see a race between him and quez to see who the fast to see the real and, and we'll throw Devin allen in there too i guess but of the guys mm. that like have a chance of making the team uh huntley and quez i'd like to see those guys race um but yeah, he he's if they do keep four, uh, he so like I think the the element that they're missing from a running back is the bigger back who they like to use. Like they they like to use these they like to utilize these bigger backs who get and it makes sense because the star of the running game in the Eagles offense is the offensive line, and a bigger back who just gets what the offensive line blocks up for him is a valuable piece. Uh, but also isn't it's not hard to find those guys too. So I kind of expect them to add somebody at some point. I don't know if that's after like week one when you can add one of these veteran guys who you don't have to guarantee their salary with like these vested veterans that if they're on the roster week one, then, then their salary is guaranteed for the entire season. Maybe they find a guy after week one, like a Jordan Howard or Latavius Murray or something like that. So I don't know that, that they're going to add a running back by the time they have to pare down to their you know initial 53. But I do think at some point this season, it, it is a possibility that they add one. The interesting name, too, is like Kareem Hunt, who wants to be traded from Cleveland. I think he'd be a phenomenal fit, but he wants sure. a lot of money, and the Eagles aren't going to do that. And you have to give something decent up to Cleveland to go get him, uh, and I don't see them doing that either. Not to mention the past 
he just had. Right, of course, things, yeah. yeah. Which is a D- whole Domestic other, uh, uh, issues Can there. of worms. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny how, <laughs> like, Jordan Howard was pretty vital <laughs> to the Eagles turnaround. He's an important contributor to their success last season, and it's kind of like, yeah, not that important yeah. that we bring him back. <laughs> and I kind of agree with that to some extent, but at the same time, like, he, he was pretty important to what they did and pretty nice player for them. Uh, Durability concerns are, are there with him too. He hasn't been Absolutely. able to stay healthy either. Yeah. And I agree that he's not like a special player by any means and that he's still unsigned despite he had like a workout recently at the saints and the Steelers and mm-hmm. those teams aren't like desperate to sign him. No one's been desperate to sign him, but I think as you mentioned, he'll still be out there if you need him at some point, yeah. probably. And that's another reason you don't need to rush to sign him or not him. If not him, you know, Latavius Murray, like you mentioned, or or someone, yeah. you, can, you can figure out something. So kind of interesting thing to watch. Um, all right. Anything else that stood out to you before we take a break? Yeah, let me take one quick last look here. Uh, I feel like I did have something. Sua Opeta, we should also mention. Um, wow. He's been awesome all throughout camp, and we haven't mentioned him on the podcast, so I just figured we should do that quickly. He is. Well, you were his def- biggest believer from day one. Yeah, I definitely was, and not anybody else. No one else liked him. It was just you. <laughs> me only. I was the only one who loved Sua Opeta. That's it. Just me and you me You invented alone. Sua Opeta, didn't you? <laughs> I did invent Sua Opeta. I was the first to tweet about him ever, and uh, he was my camp crush that year, and he's been amazing, largely because I picked him out of the crowd. Uh, this, right. This nobody of a player who now has turned into a major somebody. Uh, but he's going to be the first guy off the bench, both at left guard and right guard. Uh, I'd actually done, joking aside, I had actually done, uh, you know, player reviews of him each of the last two off seasons. I was very surprised what I saw of him la- when I did it last off season. Less surprising this year because I knew how good he was in 2020. Uh, but he can play and he would start on a lot of teams in the NFL, in my opinion. And uh, they're fine if. If one guard goes down, like if you lose Landon Dickerson or Isaac Sayamalo for for a stretch, I have full confidence that Sua Opeta can come in and, and start at either one of those spots and still be a plus player for them on the O-line. I don't disagree. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have anything to add. I think Sua has been good, deserves to make the team. It's tough. You know, they have a lot of offensive line bodies they're not everyone's gonna make the team you know like a coyote awashika right mm-hmm. like you, i mean you don't think he's gonna make the team but i think he could i think he's nfl roster worthy i think another team that's really hurting on the offensive line should absolutely add him why not you know there's a bunch of dreck out there uh all right that's all i have so why don't we take a break here but not before we hear about Kristen roach of roachrealtors.com if you're looking to buy sell or rent a house Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five is how you can reach Kristen Roach again. As Brandon said, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Brandon, we'll be back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to you by Kristen Roach of RoachRealtors.com, which is how I always refer to her, by the way. Like, just even when we're not sure. doing the podcast, I'll, like if Jimmy, you and I are talking on the phone, uh, or if she pops in or something, or if I, if slash when I ever meet her in person one day, I will be like, oh, Kristen Roach of RoachRealtors.com. My daughter <laughs> does that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Speaking of, um, before we get to, before we get to play of the day and mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff, should we maybe do the, so you asked me a question yes. from a reader during the last podcast and then my connection conked out and uh, we never got to it. So should we get yes. to that now, and then we'll get to the uh, the the stuff from practice, so we, just so we don't forget. Yeah, I did leave out this one uh, review that we got. I forgot to mention this one, which is really quick. The subject line is "Hipsters talking football." Dot dot dot. No thanks. One star <laughs> from Donnie C two one five underscore. So okay, just some hipsters over here, and then his his review just says subject. So it's like refers you to the subject line. Okay. Damn. Got him. I don't understand that. Uh, how are we, how are we hipsters? I like. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not disagreeing necessarily. I'm just curious what I, I, I'd like to unpack that a little bit. Hmm. We'll never know, or maybe not. Um, <laughs> the five star review comes from Eric S in Oakland, which I already read on the last pod, so I'm not going to read the whole thing again. But the question was. Or really, the prompt I should say, not actually a question. Would love to hear your favorite ice cream shops. I can go first, Jimmy, if you'll allow okay. me. Sure. So 
I want to include water ice in here too, because I do like a good water ice. And John's is a, obviously a Philly staple on 7th and Christian, I believe. I love water ice that, you know, is just smooth. Can't be icy. Like like Rita's. Rita's can be good when it's at practice or, you know, in a pinch, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Rita's, but there's too many times where it's just so icy, like a lot of chunks. And for someone with sensitive teeth like me, I just, I can't do that. Uh, so John's obviously great water ice and they have ice cream too. That's pretty good. Um, we also want to give a shout out to Yardley ice house in Bucks County. Also really good, uh, water ice. My favorites there are the banana cream pie flavor with actual like pie crust chunks in it. Really good. And then the peanut butter chocolate with like Reese's cups in there, both really strong flavors at that little spot. Uh, ice cream itself though. I mean, for, I know this, this, maybe it's a bad answer to some because it's a chain, but I love Cold Stone. I got to admit, I okay. love Cold Stone's peanut butter perfection, I believe it's called. I, I love a chocolate peanut butter ice cream. So I want to give them their due. In terms of non-chain, I would say Franklin Fountain in Philly and Old City. They have this thing, Jimmy, called a Mount Vesuvius, and it's basically kind of like a chocolate or vanilla, or you can get a mix Sunday thing where there's these like really decadent, soft chocolate fudge brownies that they put in there. It's, it's amazing. It's a great, it's a, and there's like fudge in there. It's, it's an awesome experience. Everyone needs to try that. Uh, what about you? So I live in Marlton, New Jersey, and uh, my go-to place here is Cups and Cones. Um, and then down the, in, in Long Beach Island, I would say that uh, my top choice there would be Skipper Dipper. You're an LBI mm. guy too. Have you ever been there? I haven't really gotten a lot of ice cream in LBI. Okay. So Skipper Dipper is good. They have this brownie Sunday kind of thing where it's ice cream mm-hmm. and then they throw a few brownies on top. And uh, uh, you can't, I mean, you pretty much can't go wrong with, with ice cream and brownies. Uh, but that that's a very good one. There's another one like kind of near Beach Haven and I forget the name of it. My apologies to that. I'll, I'll look that up and then maybe on the next podcast. I'll mention is it on the main street there? It's actually kind of like a little bit before Beach Haven. Um, it's not like your fantasy island and all that stuff. Like it's, it's not a, the holiday snack bar. No, no, I like that place okay. though too. That's um, also good. That, that's the place that like it's the it's oh. a big round table and everyone kind of sits around that. Like the entire restaurant is just one big, huge round table. It's like it's almost like a bar, but it's round. It's not a bar. No, like, I don't know that for, one with alcohol. Like there's it's it's just like a. Uh yeah yeah I think I have that, I have that right. I mean I took my daughter there like a couple weeks ago. But anyway, Skipper Dipper is my choice down there uh, for ice cream. I think I berries do me a flavor. I've been down yes, there. Yes, berries do me a flavor is good too, for sure. It's a good one. Uh, all right. Back to the Eagles, Jimmy. <laughs> Let's get into our Jalen Hurd stock report first here. Okay. I don't think this was an amazing practice by Jalen Hurts, to be clear. But I think it's hard not to say it was stock up just because when he did throw the ball, which wasn't a ton because yeah. he ran a lot, and when he did run, he had some actually good runs, like the play where kind of reminiscent of the Saints game last year where he he kept uh, on the read option and just faked running to the outside, to the edge, and cut back inside real quick to basically juke Brandon Graham out of his shoes. Uh, that was a pretty good play. And he looked fast when he did run, although I will say he ran again during seven on seven. So that's like the fifth time, I think, in the last four practices, which is just killing me because it's a passing drill and mm-hmm. it's just way too much running, but 
that aside, I think when he did throw, he was good. He didn't make any obvious big mistakes. He did have a pass knocked down, I believe, in seven on seven by uh, Kaiser White meant for Goddard. And there was another play where TJ Edwards almost uh, like jumped the route and came up with interception on a real short throw during a two minute drill. But I don't necessarily think those were terrible throws as much as you have to give the linebackers credit for making good plays on those. Uh, So I'm going to give him a stock up. And I think I saw you do that in your notes as well. So you already agree with me. I did. I was torn between stock neutral and stock up. Um, Yeah. See, like my thing with him in the stock up and stock neutral, stock down uh, assessments has been like, has he progressed in some of his deficient areas in each practice? And I don't think he really did that that much in this one because there's still some of the same things like running on right. seven on sevens. Um, uh, I mean, he ran a lot, <laughs> like not, not even in seven on sevens, but also uh, in 11 on 11. Some of those were designed to be clear, like there were RPOs um, and other times they weren't. And he was just taking off a lot, which I don't like to see. But like you said, when he did throw, he was mostly on the money and he had a highlight reel run. So I'm kind of willing in, in some cases to kind of get off of the idea that he has to improve in some deficient areas in every practice. And if he just shows that he can do some things really well that he's already good at, then I'm fine with that too. Certainly he's, he's an explosive, uh, exciting runner and uh, hard to ignore that great run that he had uh, basically just, um, I mean, he, deep pants <laughs> Brandon Graham on that play. It wasn't quite as bad as the, uh, as the, the saints game. That guy got like, that guy basically left his feet, didn't he? So he became uh, a meme. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Brandon Graham didn't necessarily get memed uh, uh, on that run, but, uh, but you, you can see that there are some things that he does do really well. And uh, when he shows that as at a high level in a practice, then it there's uh, you know, there's nothing you can do but give him a stock up. Not that I want to give him anything else, but um, yeah. So I, I I lean towards stock up as opposed to stock neutral. So a couple thoughts uh, in closing for me on Hertz. One, I, I think it's a, you might have a tough time. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. If you went to Sunday night's practice and you saw Jalen Hurts and like this is a night and day different player than what I saw last year. I, I think mm-hmm. you'd be hard pressed to really say that. It's one practice. I'm not saying you have to say that, but uh, so that's one thought. I saw some people respond to me saying stock up for him, being like, like if that's a stock up, then I'm not really impressed. Uh, so I want to mention that. I also want to mention that I feel like I have been a tough grader on him, but I, I think that's fair. Like I think the quarterback should be held to a high standard. I don't think I've been like, tough on him in terms of I'm trying to make him look worse than he is. I just think I'm, I'm holding him to a higher standard because he should be. He's in year three. There's a lot of weapons. The pressure is on. This could be a good team. This could be a Super Bowl contender if he does play really well. So I'm grading him against that. So I think it's fair of me then to go like if I'm between up and even here to give him that little edge, because I may have been a little harsher somewhere else or tougher on him. So I'm giving him some leniency here. I think that's fair. And uh, I think another thing that I kind of touched on on the last podcast is part of what makes Jalen hurts. Like one of his strengths, I think as a passer is, or as a player overall is some of the things he does are more subtle. And I think with a lot of quarterbacks, let's just say Carson Wentz, for example, who can make flashier plays but are inconsistent, Like I think you, you might be tempted to give them more credit because you see that big-time flash, as opposed to Hertz, I think, can kind of be more quietly solid. And it's hard, for me at least, and maybe others, to give him credit for that because you kind of take it for granted 
But again, there are worse quarterbacks who don't have that kind of consistency or a Carson Wentz kind of quarterback where the, the flash is there, but there's also really bad plays and inaccuracy and the ball is being sprayed everywhere. So uh, I guess I'm just saying like it can be harder to appreciate the little things with him. So I want to give him credit for that as well. Yeah, and I think uh, more just from a first eight practices perspective, as opposed to specifically last night, he's done a good job of not throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> like there haven't been many many bad decisions that that we've seen out of him. And also, like in in uh, just to touch on you know the harsh the not harsh but um, hard grading uh, on, on him, he's also the quarterback. Hard grading. <laughs> he's the quarterback, and the hope for Eagles fans should be that he becomes a like top quarter of the league kind of quarterback. And mm. if he's not, if he's just sort of like a middle of the road kind of guy, then you're the rest of your roster is going to have to be near elite. If they're going to win a super bowl. I mean, obviously the quarterback and is, I mean, how, how good your quarterback is, is correlates very strongly to, if you're going to make a run in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I think um, we, we sort of grade with an eye toward, can he be a guy who can win a Super Bowl as opposed to um, anything? I mean, that's really all that matters. Anything else is, is you know, not reaching the ultimate goal, obviously. So um, I, I think we sort of grade on, on the idea of, or I do anyway, on the idea of can he be a guy who can, you know, right. get to that ultimate goal as opposed to just being a, a sort of good quarterback. Last thing I'll say in Hertz is that I, through eight practices, I have three stock evens three stock downs and two stock ups, which kind of mirrors where you had him last year when you did this activity for all his games. It was like a mixed, Mm -hmm. it's almost even, right? There was like a mixed bag of like stock neutral stock up, stock down. It it all came out kind of mixed. And I think we're seeing that in practice, which is again, my kind of like tempering of expectations this season for him is like, I think he's kind of going to be maybe improved in some areas, Mm -hmm. but bigger picture zooming out similar to what he was again as a player last year on the whole. So that's where we stand with him. All right. All right. Who's your MVP, Jimmy? Uh, I'm going to go AJ Brown. Um, yeah, it's obvious for me. Um, and we already talked about him, so I don't think I need to add anything more. Also going to go with AJ Brown. Um, tough not to good job by him of pandering to the fans after practice. It's not a criticism. <laughs> yes. It is a compliment. He, sure. He's doing the right thing in that regard of, you know, getting getting hyped up after practice and then tweeting after practice right away. Like, wow, you know, almost 30K fans, which there was not 30K fans, but whatever. Uh, I'm not going to begrudge people who might be, you know, not wanting to go to an open practice on a hot summer night on a Sunday when there's still, you know, COVID and monkeypox. It actually and wasn't bad going there. On. There was a nice... Uh... So by the time uh, it had started, the sun had gone, I guess, past the stadium. Wow. I'm trying to give the, the fans an the, out, Jimmy. There was, you're just there was ripping shit. them. So when I left my house to go to the open practice, I had been inside for a while at that point, And I was like, man, it is hot as hell out here. But it yeah. actually wasn't bad at all. For, for anyone that went out there, it can probably attest to this. It really wasn't that bad out there last night. Yeah, but the the hot earlier kind of impacts people for sure. Of course, of course, and then they're not going to go to the game if or the practice if they're not going to tailgate. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, we don't need to argue about this. <laughs> LV, <laughs> who's your LVP? Gardner Minshew is my LVP. Um, not that he had a terrible day yesterday. I don't think he was good yesterday, but this is again like Fletcher Cox was sort of like my uh, 
um, you know, camp to date sort of pick uh, a podcast or two ago. Uh, I'll do the same for Gardner Minshew. And I, I, I don't want to make too much of Reed Sinette stealing a few uh, second team reps from him, but I do think it is sort of noteworthy and, and worth watching going for like if Reed Sinette had not played well and Gardner Minshew had played well throughout training camp so far, I don't think Reed Sinette gets second team reps uh, instead mm-hmm. of Gardner Minshew last Agreed. night. So um, yeah, there's something to that. I think even if, even if I don't want to make too much of it, I do think there is something to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that was a case of oh, let's just mix it up for the fun of it. I mean, I think I think there was at the open practice some no less too in front of the fans, right? <laughs> and Sinet has been looking good, and you know he took the third team reps too. It's it's not even like Sinet uh, was bumped up to second team. They then they they wanted to get strong in. You know, they wanted to get him some reps yeah. at one point, so they they wanted to find a spot for that. No, it wasn't about that. Like they they gave him the third team reps as well. So I think there's something to that. I was considering Minshew. I don't think it was. I don't want to double up LVP him. I don't think that'd be crazy, but I don't want to do that here. They have to give it to Jack Driscoll, Jimmy. Jack okay. Driscoll, by all accounts, has been getting beat like a drum in one-on-ones by Brandon Graham. I actually thought he had a good rep against Brandon Graham in one-on-ones mm-hmm. last night, but Agreed. Uh, gave up a sack really quickly against Hassan Reddick, working as the second team right tackle. Then the very next play, clearly got like, uh, oh man, I got to get off quicker against him. And then got off too quick that's what she said and had a false start so it's been a tough camp for him i know you know maybe he's just not a right tackle because they've been having him out there and maybe he'd be doing better at right guard uh but i just i don't think you can say confidence in him is high and i think he kind of needed a better camp than he's having coming off of these injury issues and not being able to stay healthy i guess he's i'm thinking he still makes the team but i just don't think it's been a stock up summer for him it's more of a stock down summer so I think he's perfectly fine as a backup right tackle. Uh, he's like relative to backup right tackles league sure. wide. I think he's he's played in games at right tackle and he's been fine. And then he's obviously been fine at right guard too. He's a player that I'm a little bit less concerned about, but I do agree that he has not had a good camp so far. I think it's so maybe you still feel good about him as a backup, but I think this kind of summer, you know, uh, is the preclude the right word precludes him from being a starter ever you know a guy who can turn into a starter is that unfair to say uh he's still young i mean what what this is his third year right so mm-hmm. um you know progress comes slow for guys sometimes we probably would have thought maybe the same thing about isaac samalo uh after his first two mm-hmm. years in the, he was not good at all his first two years in the league i think driscoll's been better than isaac samalo was his first two years and i mean he got benched uh in his second year for Wiz, Wiz kept that job the rest of the season and got to play and win a Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, I think he can okay. be a starter at some point, maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's shown that he's going to be like some kind of uh, Pro Bowl type of player. Well, you did say too that you feel like Opeta is going to be you know the top guard off the bench, and right. it, it could have been Driscoll, but it's not. Yeah. So I think you have to look at it from that standpoint too. Uh, all right. Play of the day, I already spoiled mine. It was Hurts to Brown for the touchdown. Do you have the same thing same, or something yeah. different? Okay. Same, uh, you yep. could go Jalen Hurts too, maybe with his run. Uh, where he, okay, where he why don't you do that? Post, I'll go, okay, so I'll go Jalen Hurts posterizing BG. <laughs> posterizing BG, let me write that down. Okay, so this was Eagles training camp practice number eight. 
and that means we are more than halfway through camp. Ooh, actually, Coming we're not. The- Did you hear the update on that? No. So it looks like we're going to get practice time. We're, they're going to have so it looks like probably Sunday after the Jets game, we'll get to watch that. And then okay. that was not on the original schedule that the Eagles put out Ooh. for us. And Monday will probably be a walkthrough. And then Tuesday, we'll get to go to that practice. And then uh, Wednesday would be the travel day to Cleveland. And then they okay. practice Thursday and Friday in Cleveland. And the game is Sunday. Um, so, yeah, those that Sunday and Tuesday were not on the schedule originally mm. after that Jets game. But, yeah, we're probably going to get to go to those practices, too. So originally it was going to be 14 practices that we got to yeah. see. And now it looks like it's going to be 16. So now okay, we so are now we're halfway. Now we're halfway through. Yes. Okay, halfway there, as someone from New Jersey famously once said. Um, (laughs) Okay, yeah, so coming up next, kind of setting the stage for what you can expect. Today's Monday, again, Monday morning as we're recording. No Eagles practice today. They have a walkthrough, not open to the media, so no notes, no podcast. They will be back in action on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we'll have coverage for you then. Then it'll be an off day or walk through whatever, no access on Thursday before Mm -hmm. the team plays their first preseason game on Friday against the New York football J E T S jets, jets, jets. The Eagles will probably play their starters a little bit in that game, considering they're not doing the joint training camp practice thing. And they did it last year with the Nick Sirianni mentioned, they played their starters for like a series or two. So I think we'll see a little bit of the starters on Friday, but not too long at all. No hurts. He had that like mystery injury remember last year and he didn't play at all in the preseason okay yeah didn't Um, he go to the hospital something like that yeah hmm there's that's so funny how those things like (laughs) fall through the cracks that's right but he was he was scheduled to play in that that first preseason game and then yes didn't so he didn't play at all in the preseason but they did play some starters for like a series or two i think that was the patriots game you're thinking of uh whatever the first preseason game was Against the Steelers, I thought he threw. So people, I remember people being excited about him. No, I don't think he played a, at all. Not nothing. How much do you want to bet? I'll, I'll I'll take a wager on that. Would you bet one dollar? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Put me I'm down. looking up the box score right here from last year's preseason game, and he he, had, he was three of seven for fifty four. <sighs> he did play, so huh? I'm going to Venmo request a dollar from you right now. <laughs> um. I take a big L on that one. Jeez. Yeah. Final thoughts, my friends. I'm opening. I'm opening up Venmo right now. Um, I'm I'm requesting you. Don't worry. I'm I'm going to request you. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't have any final thoughts. I think we touched on a decent amount here. We got our ice cream takes, and we got our um, we had other non-football stuff too, right? Already. So the mustard thing, the pretzel fiasco. I will concede my final thought to you. Wow. What a big man. Uh, as Jimmy looks down at his phone for <laughs> there it a Venmo is. request. I sent and that's very rude what you wrote in this Venmo request. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I think we're even after the pretzel thing. You, you, you know, people, people are coming at me hard. Um, all right. This is BGN Radio. It's brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN20 for 20% off again. If you're kind of a new listener and you don't know the deal here, we usually do discount code BGN15 for 15% off, which I guess you could still use if you really wanted to save less, but I don't know why you would want to do that. 
So 15 is the regular one, but 20% off right now with BGN 20 is a special time offer. So make sure you do that before August is over um, because that's when you want to do it. It's the best time. Also brought to you by Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And you can call or text this number if you're looking to buy or sell a house. 856-906-9295. Rate, review, subscribe to BGN Radio, Bleeding Green Nation, a bunch of other good shows on the feed. John Stolness just talked to our good friend Brian Stabby from Hogshaven to kind of get a lowdown on the Washington Commanders. And now Carson Wentz is looking in training camp and everything. So if you want to go check that out, that's really good. We'll have a new NFC East mixtape recording, Jimmy, uh, with RJ on Tuesday, late in the day. We're still trying to figure out a time to get you on that show. We have not come to that yet, but we will, we will get around to it at some point before the season. Or at least I'm saying we will in hopes of manifesting it uh rate review subscribe to the sb nation nfl show as well some announcements to come on that program one including me one including rj in the coming days at some point before the season so if you like that show if you don't like that show either way uh, you're going to want to hear it it's very important um go follow us on twitter at brandon gowton at jimmy kemsky same handles on instagram check out at Bleeding Green for the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter account, at BGN underscore radio for the podcast Twitter account. I want to give a shout out to James Seltzer's dog, Rube, who is sitting behind me here and has been a good boy throughout the pod. No barks. Good job by him. He's not a big barker anyway, but sometimes he'll hear something and uh, and get uh, a little defensive, a little protective, which, you know, you can appreciate. He's got his, his heart, his, his mind in the right place. Uh, that's it. We'll be back with you with another podcast on Tuesday after practice, and we'll roll from there. Goodbye, everybody. Boom. BGN. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.